We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Thursday afternoon edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, February 4th. Nick Whalen joined this week by James Anderson, who's back uh, after a, a week-long hiatus. Uh, is it snowing by you guys in Madison? It is It is coming down precipitously here in Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's not going to be good. Outside, outside my window, it's just a big white backdrop. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not doing video. That would make for a, a hell of a scene. But uh, are, are you a snow guy in general? I am extremely anti-snow. So this, these last couple of weeks have been pretty difficult. Well, I love skiing. Uh, sure. So I guess I am probably closer to a snow guy than not a snow guy, even though I haven't really been able to take advantage of that so far this winter. But um, if, if it's going to be, like, I'd rather it be snowing and like 20 degrees than 20 degrees and not snowing personally. There's, there's definitely a line for me. I, I think once it gets under like 15, like if it's going to be that cold, yeah, you might as well have some snow. Like the next week here is going to be awful. It's going to be like negatives, I think, for the next six or seven days. Like give me some snow. That's all right. But it, it's, it was been, it's been a pretty mild, manageable winter until these last probably 10 days or so. And like every year, I'm just reminded of like how much I hate having to dig my car out. Or if you're not wearing boots outside, just your shoes are going to be filled with snow for the rest of the day. Um, but that is neither here I should nor there. Say, it's, it's easy for me to say, considering I like never leave my house and we rent, so I don't have to shovel snow or um, do anything with the car. I pretty much only leave to go to the gym in the morning, and that's when that's when just the theory of, of all this is unleashed. Um, so you had an idea earlier this week, and, and it turned into a really fun exercise that we wanted to, to basically use this entire pod for. Uh, earlier this week, Alex and I named our all-star teams for this season. Uh, so if, if you're looking for more present day NBA content, go listen to Tuesday's episode. Your idea was to do the all NBA teams for 
not this season, not next season, not the season after, but the 2025. So I guess the 2024, 2025 NBA season. So four years in the future uh, from now, we're going to try to predict the three all NBA teams. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go through our personal lists. We'll go through our, our methodology, how we came upon these. Um, and then kind of a list of honorable mentions, which I think could almost be more interesting because as I went through, I mean, there are, for one, there's a couple of draft classes coming up who, you know, that you and I have been keeping an eye on. There's going to be some players uh, I think that we'll talk about from those that could maybe have a chance to sneak all, onto an all NBA team. Um, but when you start to project out, you know, this current group of stars, it, it feels like it, it's been this group for, for a decent chunk of time now, you know, the LeBron, Durant, Kawhi, um, you know, that, that grouping of players, uh, Steph Curry belongs in there as well. Even Anthony Davis and Giannis have been around for a while. Like, you know, when you're looking four years into the future, a lot of those guys are getting to their late 30s. Uh, some of them just getting into their early 30s, talking about Giannis and Davis. Um, so projecting, you know, that that either ascent or decline, uh, I thought was a lot of fun going through this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's nice to just kind of focus on that sort of next wave every now and then. Yeah, I mean, this season, we're still kind of getting dominated by that, that LeBron, Kawhi, Durant, classic guys. I mean, those are going to be your all NBA guys this year and MVP candidates and all that stuff. So it is, it is fun to just kind of take a look at that next wave. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look all the way back, like LeBron and Durant were on an all a first team, all NBA team back in 2009, 10. So, you know, we're now coming up on 11 years later uh, and those guys are, are probably both on track to be first teamers this year as well. So that there is a lot of staying power. Um, and that was something that I kind of struggled with where you look ahead and you're like, well, I mean, James Harden's going to be 35 in the year 2024, 25. But I mean, we've we've seen guys, you know, kind of continue their primes, you know, into their mid to late 30s a lot more than than in decades past. So uh, I'm very interested to see where you went with this, and and I will give you the floor to give me your. Uh, did did you divide these up first, second, third team, or yeah. you know how how did you come to these? Yeah, I did. I, I have a first team, a second team, and a third team. Okay. And Same I way. I tried I tried to do two guards. Uh, two forwards and a center on all three teams. I got a little maybe creative on one of the teams, but um, for the most okay. part, that's kind of how I did it. Yeah, I did the same. So give me your first team All-NBA for 2024-25. So I'll start with the guards. I have Luka Doncic, who will be 25 years old that season, and Ja Morant, who will be 25 years old as well that season. And then... With the forwards, this is the forwards is where I really, really struggled. I, I actually didn't struggle that much with Doncic and John Morant as the two guards, but um, I went with actually both Celtics guys at forward, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the first team. Uh, Brown will be 28 that year. Tatum will be 26. And then at center, another really hard call, uh, but I went with Nikola Jokic who will be 29 that year. So I have three of those five. I have Jokic at center. And I think a little bit of that is is recency bias just based on how well he's played this year. But I mean, I, I think there's really not a whole lot that he's doing that seems wildly unsustainable. Um, and I, I think he's he's like kind of sneaky young. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily look 25. Um, I, I, it feels like he's been around a little bit longer. But I mean, at 29, he should probably be at his absolute peak during this season. So I'm with you on that. Uh, and then for the guards, I have I have Doncic and Morant as well. I felt like those three were relatively easy. Um, I have Jason Tatum on my second team. I went with Giannis and Anthony Davis at forward. They will both be 31 that season. Yeah. Um, you know, I have Giannis and AD on my second team. I I just, I can't picture Anthony. I, like the, I guess the, the center thing maybe tripped me up a little there. I, I didn't. I just can't picture Anthony Davis qualifying as a forward four years from now. Um, I just think he's he's going to be so sort of big and less switchy than he is now that I think he almost will just be a, a full-time center at that point. Um, but I, not that that – I mean, they could probably squeeze him on, I'm sure, uh, still. But, um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily meant as a knock on AD or Giannis uh, – they certainly could still be at that level. Um, but I do think you'll see both of those Celtics guys in their absolute uh, mega primes kind of uh, four years from now. And so just sort of 
projecting, I mean, it doesn't even have to be major growth from either of those guys, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the normal type of growth you'd expect from age 24 to 28 and 22 to 26. Uh, you know, they could, they could be kind of in that sort of, you know, in terms of teammates, both making first team, maybe like a Durant Westbrook type of thing where they're just both averaging yeah, around 30 points a game and doing it really, really efficiently. And, um, you know, playing really good two-way ball and probably, you know, if they stay together, it's tough to imagine that Celtics team not being a a 60-win team um, during their prime. So um, it was kind of more of a tip of the cap to those guys. You know, Giannis, like Giannis is, you know, do you think last year is going to be Giannis's best season in the NBA? Like, I I don't know. Like, I, I guess I'm not sure whether last year was his best season or whether he's got a couple more kind of like that. Um, but I, you know, he hasn't necessarily grown in any part of his game. Uh, in fact, he's probably, I mean, maybe he's a bit better passer, you could argue, but, um, you know, you could argue he's peaked as a defender. You could argue that he's peaked as a free throw shooter. So I think Giannis is a really, really tough one in terms of where to place him. Anthony Davis, sort of the same thing. It's like, he's, He's kind of been around a while. Um, it doesn't necessarily seem that way, but like, I guess how how far do we think his prime stretches until he kind of gets to that sort of awesome defensive anchor, but maybe not quite a, a 27, 28 points per game type of guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I have no qualms with you on Tatum, especially. Uh, I, I'd certainly considered him more so than just about anybody else for one of those forward spots. I, I mean, Brown to me is a little more of a stretch for first team. I, I have him on my third team. Um, but at the same time, I mean, there's an outside chance that those two could both be like first or second team guys this year. You know, it, it would probably take an injury or two uh, to Durant and or LeBron uh, or some missed time or something like that for that to happen. But I mean, the way that Jalen Brown has progressed just from last year to this year, I don't know that it it would even take four years. Like, I mean, within the next two to three years, that's very much feasible. So uh, I'm definitely not saying you're wrong at all. I, I just feel like at 31, this is probably the tail end of the true prime for both Giannis and Davis. I think if we had pushed this out even one more year and those guys are 32, I don't think I put both of them on my first team. Um, I mean, my, my concern, I, I think it's fair, you know, to say that, that Davis, especially, you know, he has been around for pretty much almost a decade at this point. Uh, obviously came into the league super young. Both of those guys are are pretty athletically reliant. And if, if that slips at any point, um, you know, the, the, the decline could be pretty steep or, you know, if the injuries start to pile up, I mean, they could really start to pile up one after another with the body types that those guys have. So I, I would almost say that like Tatum, especially to me, even though I have him on my second team, like he he's somehow like the most safe bet to, to be a first or second teamer in four years, just the, the way that he's constructed, the way that his game has progressed, um, you know, barring a major injury or some sort of catastrophe, it's almost like impossible to see him falling below the second team four years from now. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think Giannis is even more reliant on athleticism than Davis is like Giannis, you know, you, we don't really think of him this way, but he, he almost kind of does have kind of a Russell Westbrook type of offensive game where it, as soon as he loses, you know, a little bit of athleticism, it's like, where, where does he get his efficient offense at that point? And, uh, AD, AD's got such a smooth jumper for his size that I think he'll age pretty well. I just think he might, um, you know, like it, it, he might kind of age sort of like Dirk Nowitzki a little bit on, on offense, which isn't a bad thing, but, um, yeah, it, it really t- – I mean, the, the amount of big men – like, the hardest position as we get down to, like, the third team and stuff to me was forward. But there's just so many good, uh, like, centers, um, borderline centers and guards to consider um, that it, it does feel like a slight to have Giannis and, and AD on the second team. But um, I think there's enough – like like you said, I mean, I would even argue Brown is safe too just because – uh, like, I don't know which of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum I think is better at this point. Like, I think they're both really good two-way players. Um, and it's just, they, they both just kind of keep getting better, uh, Brown especially this year. Hey, NBA fans, Owner's Box is here to reinvent the way you play fantasy sports this season. Owner's Box is not DFS. They're the first ever weekly fantasy sports platform 
to combine the best elements of daily and season-long fantasy. Owner's Box is a head-to-head elimination-style format that keeps players engaged through live snake drafts and a new layer of strategy that allows you to become the ultimate fantasy GM. Compete with your opponent over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. On Owner's Box, users can brand themselves and engage socially on the platform in multiple different ways, add friends, create custom leagues, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Users are able to draft a new team every single day and participate in different types of contests to keep the fantasy experience fresh and fun so you're never out of the game. To tip off the NBA season, if you sign up free now, Owner's Box will match your first deposit up to $500. Think you got what it takes to be a weekly fantasy GM? Visit ownersbox.com slash rotowire to claim your bonus and make a name for yourself today. All right, so give me your second team, uh, and then you can you, know, you can kind of go wherever you want with that. But if there was someone who was really close at any position to making your first team, uh, just you know, kind of let me know who that was. Um, Giannis and AD were probably the two closest. Uh, but at, at guard, I had Trey Young, who will be 26, and Devin Booker, who will be 28. And then uh, Giannis at one of the forward spots, and then I had Bam Adebayo at the other forward spot. He'll be 27 again. Like you could probably consider Bam a center at that point, but I just um, I felt like he was kind of head and shoulders over the other forwards that I was considering, so I squeezed him in there. Okay, yeah, I, I like that team a lot. Um, yeah, obviously I had two of those guys on my first team. Uh, I also have Trey Young on my second team. I, I do not have Devin Booker on any of my teams, so we we can get into that in a second. Um, Bam is on my third team. I went with a little bit more, um, you know, kind of veteran staying power, I, th- I think, than you did, you know, obviously with Giannis and Davis on the first team. I went with Kawhi Leonard as my other forward uh, alongside Jason Tatum. So my my second team is Bradley Beal at guard, Trey Young at guard, Kawhi and Tatum as the forwards, uh, and then Carl Anthony Towns is my second team center, betting, betting on a bounce back at some point in the next four years. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, we definitely um, because I I did not actually have Beal or Kawhi on either of my teams or actually Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I think Beal was the toughest guy at any position for me to leave off my third team. So he would have basically been like my 16th man. Um, That'll be his age 31 season. I it's tough. It's really tough to say um, like how long he's going to sort of stretch this sort of amazing scoring prime. I mean, he definitely could stretch it into his thirties. I guess I, you know, he's, he plays so many minutes. um, You're almost kind of wondering when, when the next injury is going to come for him. Um, And team context, I think kind of matters here too. Like, is he finally going to be on a team that's, contending for titles at that point like I I think that that would help his case a lot in terms of making these all NBA teams if he's just if he never really finds his way to a winning situation I think it might be hard for him to make these teams into his 30s but if he if he is like you know he could be coming off a title like at this point in his career so it's it's tough to really say uh with Kawhi I felt like you know I, I was willing to sort of bet against his body four years down the road. Um, yeah, fair you know, enough. He, he's, he's got, like, he's never going to stop being an efficient shooter, but you wonder just how long he can kind of stretch it as sort of this two-way guy. Um, and then with Towns, man, I mean, he's, he's really tough. I, I left him off all three teams. I just, you know, defensively, he's just so terrible that the bar for him offensively to clear is so high and you know is he going to be on a winning team at that point like i think it's it's easy to like if if he's on a if he's on a bad team um then his his terrible defense really shows up more in mm-hmm. terms of his team success but if he is to find his way to a place where there can be other defensive players to kind of carry a bit of that burden um he could totally i mean carlton towns could make the first team and i don't even have yeah. him on my third team so it's it's really tough to say how his career is going to unfold from here but um yeah I, I felt Jokic and ad i just trusted more and then bam 
I mean, Bam's just so good right now, and he'll be 27 four years from now. It's just tough for me right. to imagine him. Like, he, he, again, is a really safe pick, like, whether you want to put him second team, third yep. team. Like, it's hard to imagine Bam not being on one of these teams. For sure. I, I think forward was the toughest spot for me. Guards, obviously, really tough, too. Um, I actually didn't have a ton of trouble with center, and maybe part of that was me making Anthony Davis a forward. But, yeah, the forward spot is just totally loaded. Like, I, I wanted to make a spot for Bam on my second team. And then I'm like, well, I, I feel better about Tatum. I feel better about Giannis and, and AD at age 31. And Kawhi's definitely a risk at 33, but it, it does, I mean, very quietly, he's kind of reversed the the narrative on his knees, at least for this season. I mean, he's played in like three back-to-back sets. He just played in a back-to-back last night. Um, like of all years for him to be doing that, like this, this would have been the year when I thought he would miss like 40% of the regular season, um, you know, just based on the bubble situation, the condensed schedule. And it's kind of gone the other way. So that's made me feel a little bit better uh, about his longer term. But I mean, at age 33, we're probably looking at like if he makes second team All-NBA that year, I wouldn't expect it to continue much longer. But when you look at guys like, you know, Chris Paul being an All-NBA guy at 35 last year, obviously LeBron, um, I mean, Durant looks phenomenal at 32 coming off of an Achilles. Um, I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi kind of carries his own risks, I guess, based on how his career has gone. But to me, like the, th- the number 33 just isn't quite as daunting as maybe it seemed even five or 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that point about Kawhi is definitely, like, I'm, I'm kind of taken aback by it too. Like I, I avoided him in fantasy this year because I've yeah. had him in Same. the last couple seasons and it's like, oh, now you're going to start playing like back-to-backs? Like what the hell? Um, yeah, right. But, uh, and uh, I, me going with Devin Booker as my second guard here was, uh, it sort of felt like a safe play. Like I, I know that he hasn't had the season that you would have expected so far this year, but I feel like that's maybe, um, covering up just how good of a player he will be statistically once CP3 is out of the picture and, you know, he'll, he'll be, Chris Paul will be long gone by then. And, who knows if Booker will even be on the Suns by then. But, I mean, I, I see Devin Booker's game aging pretty similarly to Bradley Beal's. So, like, 28-year-old Devin Booker versus 31-year-old Bradley Beal. I gave Booker the the nod there. But um, he, with guard, like, we'll, we'll get to it. But, I mean, there were a dozen guards I considered for these six spots. So it was really tough. Yeah, I think with Beal and Booker, it is kind of the same story for those guys. It, it might just be whoever's in the better basketball situation in 2025 ends up getting the nod. Like, if Bradley Beal's still stuck on the Wizards at that point, that's not something that I can account for. Like, I, I guess I, I I didn't take team context into consideration all that much just because of how often guys move around. You know, like, if, if Brad Beal, I just, I just can't see him sitting through four more years of this. You know, like, he, the Wizards will either be better at that point if he's still there or he will have forced his way out. I, that, I, at least that's how I see it playing out with most of these guys. Like I'm, I'm not too worried about what the team looks like in four years. I, I kind of held the one guy I sort of held that against was Towns because he's just never proven. Uh, like when your center is that bad defensively, it's hard to have a winning team. Um, like the Nuggets have have made it work with Jokic but Jokic makes everyone else better on offense. Whereas Towns is just sort of this, like he makes his teammates better, but not to that same extent. So I just, we really haven't seen Towns be the best player on a playoff team yet. And I think it's tough to make these all NBA teams when you're, when you're not getting your team to the playoffs. The Rotowire NBA podcast is brought to you by bet MGM sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That is why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six month Rotowire subscription when you placed your first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO, that's ROTO, R O T O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 
1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Okay, so recap before we get to third team. Uh, your first team was Jokic, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Luka, John Morant. My first team was Jokic, Giannis, Anthony Davis, uh, Doncic, and Morant. Your second team was Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, Devin Booker. My second team, Carl Anthony Towns, Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, Trey Young, and Bradley Beal. So that brings us now to your third team All-NBA in 2024-25. All right. I would be willing to bet that at most we have one overlap on this third team. Um, and this is where it really starts getting kind of wonky. Uh, I, I'll start it off with kind of the, the easy one. Uh, I had Joel Embiid as my center. Um, you know, I mean, he, he's a tough one to kind of bet on physically. Uh, but it's, it's kind of one of those things where I think in seasons where he plays like 60 plus games, he's probably going to be on one of these teams. Yep. And so it's just, you kind of, you're kind of just betting that he, he plays 60 plus games and he, and he gets one of these teams. So I, I have him as my center. Um, and then things get kind of wild at guard. I have LaMelo ball as a 23 year old. That, that was Kate a lot. Hunt- that was a lot. And Cade Cunningham as a 23-year-old as my two guards. Um, so the number three pick in this last draft and uh, the presumed number one pick in this this next draft. Um, like Cade Cunningham to me is kind of, he's going to be one of those guys who sort of plays point guard on offense but guards the other teams like three or four, sort of like Doncic or James Harden. where it, And and uh, it was tough because I actually don't think Cunningham's going to be that great of a defensive player in the NBA. Um, he, he, could, he could be, but I think it's just going to be all about his scoring and his uh, distribution. Um, and we've seen, like, I mean, a lot of the guys on these first and second teams were players who are in their, like, third year in the league. And so that'll be Cunningham um, in four years. And I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, LaMelo Ball again yeah I mean like for him to be this kind of ahead of schedule is really telling to me like he's kind of playing this year how I expected him to play next year and so um, you know I think he's just the, the shot is a bit ahead of schedule he's not the defensive liability that some people thought he might be um, and he definitely he definitely makes his teammates better and then at at forward uh I went with Michael Porter, who will be 26, and OG Ananobi, who will be 27. Um, wow. I'm sure I'm sure the Ananobi one seems like it's out of left field, but I think the the times we've seen him play without Pascal Siakam this year, he's looked like to me. I think there's another level there offensively, and he's already the you know arguably the best perimeter or wing defender in the league and so um i think at this stage in his career when he's 27 he'll be on a team and in an offense where he can be kind of the focal point on the wing and so i think his defense will be good enough at age 27 where he really just kind of needs to be like a 22 point a game scorer and he'll be an all nba caliber player and i think he'll get there and nobody's a wild one i gotta say it i mean i i like it you made a great case for it I don't think that's too far out of left field. He he did not even make my my honorable mention list. But um, I mean, somebody comes out of you, nowhere. I told you things are going to get wonky. I thought you were going to go. I thought this was going to be a list of like, you know, twenty twenty two draft prospects. Like I, I thought we were going to get like Imani Bates on your second team. No, no, no. Um, I, I just didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't quite go there because like, you know, we don't even know how that class is going to shoot like. Mm-hmm. in like a college setting and you know i we've seen guys like luka Doncic and john morant um emerge on these teams as second year players uh 
or emerge into the conversation as second year players, third year players, but it's it's really pretty rare for that to happen. So I I yeah. played it a little safer in terms of uh, how old the guys were I was considering. I had Cunningham on my list. You know, I, I had Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Bates, who would I, I think only be in like his second NBA season at that point. So he he probably is not going to make it that early. Uh, I mean, Chet Holmgren, the number one player in in next year's class, uh, and then Jalen Suggs, you know, the the point guard uh, who's a freshman at Gonzaga this year. All those guys are in consideration for me. I just, I don't know. We got to see him play first. I mean, I think Cunningham is definitely the most likely uh, of that group. I mean, he's, I, I've seen some Luka Doncic comps with him in terms of his feel for the game, his body style, the way, you know, way that he's able to uh, kind of command the entire court uh, when he's out there. I've seen some Grant Hill comps uh, somewhere in the middle of those two, I think makes a lot of sense. Obviously that's a, a pretty lofty comparison on either end, but, but you're not off base to say that Cunningham could make it in what would be, that'd be his third NBA season then, right? Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean that's that's very doable um so my third team I went with Embiid at center as well I I felt like it just kind of had to be him by default and it's interesting because I think if we had done this last February I don't think Embiid makes any of my teams I think he's kind of flipped the narrative this year with how well he's played I mean he's leading the league in PER right now at like 31 and a half he just kind of he finally looks like the guy that a lot of people hoped he would be these last few years and and even though there are some physical concerns he will only be 30 at that point. And, you know, it's like, do you, do you really feel better about 32 year old Gobert or, you know, like I, I even considered like 29 year old Christian Wood. Uh, there, there just weren't, there weren't a ton of options for me at center. So it kind of had to be Embiid. Yeah. And I didn't want to overthink it. Like I, I didn't want to just like assume he's going to be hurt. Like it, that's kind of what it sort of would have to be yeah, to leave Embiid off is like, he's going to be hurt by then. Um, now, I did kind of assume that with a different prospect who we haven't talked about yet, but I want to hear the rest of your third team. Okay. So I have Embiid at center. Uh, I, I think it's going to be this guy, Zion Williamson. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. I have Zion as my forward. I have Bam Adebayo as the other forward. I have Jalen Brown as a guard. And then prepare yourself for this one. I have 35-year-old James Harden as my other guard. Wow. Wow. Hey. Yeah, you heard it your first. We'll see. We'll see where he's uh, playing. Um, if he's playing. And just, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it, that'll be interesting. I mean, like, how you wonder how deep into his career he can be a primary, you know, like offensive engine on a, let's say, like a 48 win team. Like, I mean, maybe he can stretch it that far. I, I sort of wonder about his ability to, you know, I mean, he gets, so much of his uh, efficiency and his points from getting to the line. Um, you kind of wonder when that part of his game sort of dries up a little bit. He'll obviously always be able to shoot it, always be able to pass it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I did kind of look more towards the future, I think, uh, than you did. But it's it's definitely possible. I mean, the, the guys that have had that staying power, like the LeBron, Kevin Durant, level staying power, like we're talking about two like top 15 players of all time. Yeah. And so it's like, even like Steph Curry, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't bet on him having that level of staying power, um, Harden, kind of the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'd love it for all these guys to stay great into their thirties or late thirties, but, but uh, time will tell. Part of it with Harden for me was just how high he set the bar statistically that even if he declines, like, I don't know, five to 8% each of the next four years. Like he's, that still puts him at like 23, eight and eight, you know, like he's, he's just, he's a a walking triple double pretty much at any time he wants to be. And I think the concerns about, you know, his durability and, and, you know, what he may do to his body off the court to me, that's a little bit overblown. Um, I mean, he, he almost never misses time. That's really not something that is talked about in the context of James Harden all that often and I'm sure that's not going to be the case into his late 30s, but it's been the case so far. And kind of like you said with Embiid, I, it's really not as fun if you're like, well, that guy's going to be hurt. He's going to be hurt. He's going to be hurt. Um, so for the most part, unless there's you know major, you know, I'm not going to put Porzingis uh, on this list, unless there's like really significant injury concerns. Um, I, I didn't really consider that all too much. So so with Harden at 35, I mean, I, I, again, it's it's definitely a risk. Um, but But like a lot of these guys who I have in their mid 30s, uh, I, I think this was kind of the the final parameter where if you extended it out a year or more, he wouldn't be on there. But to me, if 
you know, if, if LeBron, if Chris Paul, if guys like that can still be really effective at 35, it's not too much of a stretch for me to think that the best offensive player in the league for the last decade, you know, could still be up there at that point. Yeah, I, I guess I'm sort of assuming he's going to be so unathletic by that point that it'll be sort of just such an old, like kind of a, like a late career. Um, well, not they're, they're different players, but like, you know how like Jason Kidd just. Yeah, I, like, I thought that's what you're going to say lost like he's so smart and so talented yeah. that he was able to extend his career even once that athleticism was like completely gone but um yeah I, I think like I think James Harden will be making all-stars into his mid-30s but yeah. that all-NBA team uh, aspect especially when you factor in like just how bad he'll be defensively at that point um I think it'll be it might be tough for him yeah yeah that's a fair point and, and I think the other thing to consider is just how strong the field is I mean, we, we've said it with how many guys we've considered. Like, it's it's a high bar to clear. And it's been like that in recent years as well. I mean, you look at the third-team guards these last few years. I mean, they're guys who, when you, when you look at the name, you think, oh, that could be a first-teamer. Uh, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, so what, what what what's the deal with Zion? I, I have some of the same concerns that you do. I don't think this is going to be a long prime. I, I think it's going to follow a, a very Blake Griffin-like trajectory. Uh, with that said, Zion will be 24, 25 uh, during that season. So I, I think he'll still be in it at that point. You know, it's anyone's guess what happens beyond that. I, I wouldn't bet on him being a good or or healthy player in his even his early 30s. But I, I do think four years from now, you know, Zion will still be a force offensively. We'll we'll see what happens, you know, with the defense. We'll see if the passing comes along. But I, I don't really see him slowing down as a guy that can just give you you know, at that point in his career, probably like 28 and 10 on most nights. And even if he's not doing a whole lot else, I, I still think, you know, that alone is, is probably enough to to get him to a third team. Yeah, I, you know, if I included him, he would be basically the only person I'd be including who can't shoot and can't defend. And so, like, it's it kind of comes down to that for me. Like, I don't expect him to be able to shoot, and I don't see why we should expect him to be a better defender at 24 than he is at 20 um like i i kind of think that zion's best year was probably his year at duke like i i kind of think that's the best version of a basketball player he's ever going to be which is sort of sad to say but he just is so bad defensively he's never he can't shoot um he's amazing at what he's amazing at but it's there's no proof that that leads to winning basketball games so um I'm just kind of betting on the more well-rounded players like like Zion versus Michael Porter is interesting to me because it's like they're both going to be bad defenders. Porter, I think, will be a less damaging defender because he's at least able to move around. And I think he's just going to be such a more potent uh, offensive player because of his ability to stretch the floor that I gave him the nod. But I mean, there's still durability concerns with him i mean i don't think we should think we're out of the woods there yet no uh but i, I kind of think of porter as a guy that age 26 he could be like leading the league in scoring so yeah um he was kind of my pick as sort of the you know he's going to suck defensively but the offensive numbers are going to be so good that he makes the team so i kind of went with yeah. him over zion there but um you know i i hope i'm wrong about zion it's just when you watch, like it hurt, it still sort of hurts to me watching him move around the basketball court. Like it, it you know, he kind yeah. of is, he kind of has that sort of, he can move when he really needs to, like he can, he can get somewhere in a hurry, but when he's like jogging back up court, like it looks like it's hurting him to kind of jog back up court and everything. He's just such a unique uh, physical, like his body is just so unique in the history of the NBA that it's, I'm, kind of betting against it uh, being a, right. a all-NBA type of thing. I, I still think he's going to make all-star teams probably until he's into his late 20s, but I, I don't know about all-NBA. With Zion, I still feel like we don't really know like what, what kind of worker he is. I, I think in general he's he's considered to be a hard worker, but he, there's multiple times now that he's kind of fallen out of shape and, and injuries have been a part of that. I, I don't know if the Pelicans or you know, his trainers or whoever, I, like, would it be beneficial for him to lose 25 to 30 pounds, you know, to save his knees long-term? Like, would that actually help? Or is that, is that, that ability, at least at his age right now to, 
move and throw his weight around and basically just blast through whoever's in front of him. Is that what makes him so effective that if he were to lose weight, he wouldn't be the same player anymore? Like it's, it's a, a tough conundrum, I think for him. I, I think he'd be very well served to lose 30 pounds. I mean, I, I think he'd still be able to do the stuff he does. Like, you know what he, a lot of what he does is just, you can't stop him in the post. And I think that's as much to do with his, um, his second bounce, like, like I think he'd be an even better jumper if he lost 30 pounds. And I think that would be more valuable than just sort of his brute size and strength. Um, and like defensively, like that, that's, that's the thing is like at, at Duke, he was making all these crazy plays defensively. He's never going to get back to that player unless he gets a lot lighter. That's true. That's true. I actually, I actually watched most of that game last night against Phoenix and I thought he looked much better defensively than the last time I had watched him, which I think was the, against the Bucks last weekend. Um, I mean, just in terms of helping and being being more alert. Like, I mean, he was he was grabbing teammates during stoppages and and you know kind of calling out coverages, things like that. Which in the past he's just been such a quiet kind of mild mannered guy. Um, so that that was nice to see. I, I think would be another concern with Zion is that there doesn't seem to be at least at this stage like a ton of interest in, in changing his game, you know, let alone his body. Like I, I could kind of see this becoming a Ben Simmons type of situation where he's like, the numbers are pretty good. He's, you know, every, everybody still loves him. He's, he's making all-star teams. We're four to five years into his career and he's still not doing much on defense. He's still averaging two and a half assists. You know, it's just, it's just kind of 28 and 10, like I said, every night and not much else. And it's like, you know, his argument is like, Hey, I'm an all-star. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good player right now. Um, it, it, and it's like Ben Simmons, you know, not, not putting in the effort to, to learn how to shoot threes. Like if Zion can't shoot threes, he's going to run into the same wall that Simmons has run into the same wall that Giannis has run into. And obviously those guys are great, all NBA caliber players as is. And, and, and Zion is talented enough certainly to be in that conversation with them. But I, I just, I, I'm a little concerned that there were some glaring flaws last season and it doesn't appear that there was any effort made to address any of those. Well, I'm. I'm glad to hear he looked better defensively last night. I mean, the big difference, the reason why Giannis and Simmons are still making, are still getting these accolades given their offensive flaws is because they're like all defense level defenders. And like, it's just, if you can't shoot and you can't play defense and you're a big man, it's just really tough. Like, like Carlton Towns, like he's a horrible defender, but he's extremely efficient offensively because of his ability to shoot. And if like if you can't shoot and you can't defend, I mean, like who are the best? Like I mean, you're basically talking about like Russell Westbrook at that point um, in terms of recent examples of guys having a ton of success. And he was doing everything. Like his usage rate was higher than I think you'll ever see Zion's be. He just needs some semblance of a jump shot. You know, it's it's kind of painful to watch. You know, I mean, he, he still, I think had like 20 plus last night, but everything is just, you know, nobody's guarding him. They're backing way off. He's just kind of got his head down dribbling around. He'll, he'll probe and then he'll back it out. And then it's just like, all right, I'm going to take a couple steps back and I'm just going to take one dribble and plow into the lane. And, you know, nobody wants to take a charge. So hopefully I'm just going to, I'm going to elevate higher than you. I weigh 50 pounds more than you. So I'm just going to kind of break through the contact and, and attempt a difficult layup. And, he has great touch. He has great athleticism. Like more often than not, it works. He's still shooting a great percentage this season, but I just, I just don't think that's really sustainable. I, I think you can get by with that, you know, for the first couple of years of your career when guys are still figuring you out. But as we're seeing with Giannis and, and, and Simmons, maybe to a slightly lesser degree, like, it, you know, it, it just puts a cap on your offensive ceiling. Do you think it'd be easier for him to be a good three point shooter or a good defender? I think it would be easier for him to be a good defender because we've seen it and we know it's there. I mean, he was all over the place. Like people, people talked about him as a more athletic Draymond Green coming out of Duke. You know, it wasn't like there were just flashes of it. Like he was a monster on the defensive end. So like it's in there somewhere. And I mean, athletically, it, he seems to be pretty much all the way there. Uh, obviously, I, I think he's put on some weight that he maybe never lost uh, back during the original well, injury last year. It's but the athleticism that's there is like that you see the athleticism in basically only in the paint. Like you don't see true, the athletic true. plays moving from free throw line to free throw line where he was like 
you know, just picking off passes yeah. and like he, he just not, seemed to be fast. covering right. Like he used to cover so much ground. Like that's what made him you could you could dream on him being as good defensively as he was offensively because he, he just dominated the floor because of his ability to cover so much ground. And he still can like get up for those dunks like when he's close to the basket, but he can't make those like sort of finesse athleticism plays that he could in, in college. Yeah. And with the three point shooting, it's also kind of strange because we, we saw him be an okay three point shooter at Duke as well. So we, we've seen glimpses of both. And I, I think it's harder when you haven't seen it at all. Like with Simmons, you know, he'd never shot threes at, you know, at LSU either that we knew that was going to be a problem coming in. It's still a problem. Like, so was I, and part of it just seems like you need to unlock it. And and I, I think you are probably right that at some point losing even 15 to 20 pounds, I think would go a long way towards doing that. So should we get into our honorable mention guys that we haven't yeah. talked about yet? Yeah, go for it. Um, so we talked about Brad Beal uh, and Zion, who were um, honorable mention guys for me, and Carl Faye Towns. I also had Jamal Murray, Brandon Ingram, uh, McCall Bridges, Miles Turner, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jalen Suggs, Jaron Jackson, Demonta Sabonis, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, and John Collins. Okay, I think I had all of those guys on my list. I, I added a few more as well. Um, is there anybody, before we before we get to more of mine, anybody that you want to hone in on? Well, actually, in, in one of my drafts, I did have Miles Turner as the third team center. Um, he'll, he'll only be 28 that year. I mean, he's kind of trending towards possibly winning defensive player of the year this year. Mm-hmm. So you would figure he would still be like smack dab in the middle of his prime at that point. And he might... Like, I'm really interested to see what, what Turner could do if he was on a different team than Sabonis and if he was just kind of the the stretch big on a team where, like, everyone else is basically a shooter. Um, like, he could maybe just be a really interesting two-way player in a different situation. Um, but Brad, Bradley Beal, like I said, was my toughest exclusion, and it, it – it doesn't really feel right, but um, I kind of wanted to. I mostly just wanted to talk about like Lamelo and Kate Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is yeah. really is really what it comes down to. No, it's a high bar to clear. I don't, I don't think you have to feel bad about leaving anybody out. Uh, with, with Turner, I felt the same way. I think he's probably as of right, as of who's in the league right now, and we'll see. You know, maybe someone like a like a Greg Brown. Um, I mean, there's Evan Mobley just in this class alone. There's some nice center talent that could develop quickly. But outside of those three of Jokic, Towns, and Bede, yeah, Gobert, like we said, will be 32. Turner's kind of the only guy that's going to be maybe right in the middle of his prime. I, I, we haven't really seen enough from Christian Wood for me to feel comfortable projecting that out four years. I mean, DeAndre Ayton at 26, maybe, but you know, hasn't really skyrocketed these last couple of years in the league, so I, I wouldn't count on that. I haven't seen enough from James Wiseman. Like, there's, there's just not, as of right now at least, there's not a ton of competition at center. So if Embiid does get hurt or if Towns, you know, continues to get hurt and just isn't on a good team in four years, I, I think there's a chance that Turner could just slide into whatever spot ends up being vacated at, at one of these center teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I had, I had LaMelo as my first guy out. I, it was, it was between him and Harden on the third team. Uh, and, and as has kind of been my theme through all these, I, I went with the more established player, but, but LaMelo makes a lot of sense. We have not touched on 40 year old LeBron James. <laughs> who, I, who cannot be ruled out for one of these spots uh, probably a third no. team spot. not at all no. i mean four years from now I, I i would i certainly considered throwing him on my third team but i mean it, it seems unlikely at the same time the name lebron james is going to mean something and i mean if we think people are clamoring about him playing well at age 36 i mean if he's putting up like an 18 9 and 9 at age 40 i mean that i, I think just the fact that it's lebron james doing that at that age maybe propels him over a more deserving player. Yeah. I mean, I really have no idea. Like he, like LeBron James could be playing at a really, really high level, like at the age of 42. And I wouldn't be that surprised, you know, like it's just, you've never seen anyone that's been this good for this long before uh, while playing this many minutes. Um, You know, maybe, 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is maybe their closest yeah. thing. I mean, Kareem uh, made the all-star team at 40 and 41. I think he made his last All-NBA at 38. So there's there really isn't precedent for it, but... I don't know. I mean, I, I think for LeBron, it's going to it's going to have to be a Kobe type of situation where it's going to take an, like a really serious injury that he just can never quite come back from. I think if he's able to stay healthy, he, he won't be as good in four years as he is now. But like, I think he could be fairly close. I mean, I, I think if someone had and told he, me four years ago that he'd be this good now, people would have said the same thing. And the way that he plays, like he's been playing with this kind of old man game for a few years now where just you know, really sort of slow half court sets where he just kind of really takes his time getting into things and then just really breaks down the defense surgically. And it doesn't really take a ton of um, like athleticism. Like, you know, he still has those power drives and he can get up for good dunks and stuff, but it's really more about uh, just how smart he is and how much of a tactician he is uh, that, that leads to a lot of the success. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, if he can just, yeah, I think you're right. Like avoid that one big injury. I mean, I, I don't want to count him out. Mm-hmm. So did you have De'Aaron Fox on your honorable mention list? Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I sort of think of him as kind of one of those guys who's going to kind of always be a, a fringe all-star. Um you know, I think the shot would really need to kind of take a step forward for him to do much better than that. Um, like, I sort of think of him as kind of his generations, like Mike Conley or something like that. Um, so I, I listed him, but I didn't, like, I would have given Jalen Suggs and, like, Shea and Beal and Jamal Murray a bit more consideration. Yeah, I had all those guys on my list. Um, Damian Lillard to be 34, I... It's possible. I mean, I guess if I have 35-year-old Harden, I can't say that I wouldn't consider 34-year-old Lillard. I think there's a chance he's still a good player at that age. Um, Zach Levine will be 29. It would definitely oh. take a it would take a shift as far as you know his efficiency and and how he plays. But I mean, athletically, that should be one of his final years at his peak. I mean, I can't rule it out. Um, I don't think we've mentioned uh, Kyrie Irving, who will be 32 during that season. Yeah, no, I mean, he definitely deserves mention. Um, the durability issues with him, uh, you know, that that sort of, how, like, how long is he going to have this crazy ISO game where he can just spin people around and just make people look silly uh, in ISO? It's like, maybe that, maybe that goes into his mid-30s, early 30s. Uh, but, I mean, I, I just assume, like, He's going to be those guys who are just so bad defensively, like in their 20s. Like once you get into your 30s, the the bar to clear just keeps getting higher uh, offensively at that point. And I know people joke about this, but I I think it's very possible that Kyrie Irving is out of the league by that point on his own volition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. That was that was part of it. I mean, if Ricky Williams type of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, let's say they win two of the next four titles. I think he could just be like, I'm good. Like, I I have nothing else to prove. I'm walking away. It would probably be right around that time if you're projecting it out. I'm going out on top. Um, Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Done it all. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton made my list. He'll be 24 at that point. You know, I maybe doesn't have quite the ceiling that Lamelo Ball has. So I, I didn't really consider him for a spot, but. It wouldn't be a, a complete shock if he's in the conversation. Uh, John Collins was on my list as well. Uh, Pascal Siakam, who this, he's kind of the reverse Embiid, where if we had done this last February, I think we'd be talking about him as a guy who's a lock for one of these. Yeah, that's a that's a really good call. I didn't even mention him, but you're right. If we'd done this yep. a year ago, he probably would have made one of my teams. And, mm. and I, it's funny that I have OG Ananobi making a team and didn't even yeah, right. That's Pascal. that's what I thought. I I thought it was interesting that we I, didn't even mention I mean, Siakam at that point. I think, I mean, do you think I'm crazy to think OG is already better than Pascal? I mean, I don't know. It depends. Like, I think Siakam, we, we have just seen that he has a very firm ceiling now in terms of, I mean, like those two, oh, oh. Those two back-to-back nights where they, tr- they gave him the ball to go win the game and he just couldn't do anything either time. Like that showed me pretty much all I needed to see from him. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, he just needs, he needs to be in that sort of Sean Marion role where like nothing is really being asked of him and he can just sort of uh, kind of be a rover on offense and defense. Like I think he was in such a perfect role that that year they won the title with Kawhi. 
uh, and he's just he's pretty clearly overtaxed in this role. But again, like if like he's already shown us now that he can't do this like lead guy thing, so it's tough to imagine him getting to all NBA status again. Mm-hmm. All right, so the last two guys I had on my list who we have not mentioned at all: Alexei Pokashevsky, Malik Monk. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, apparently you haven't been watching the Hornets the last week. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, Monk is back. Monk is back. Big, big way. Uh, Although I think think Rozier is going to be back tonight, so that might be the end of it for Malik Monk. Okay, we'll do one final reset here, uh, run through our teams, and and then we'll call it quits. Your first team All-NBA for 24-25. Jokic, Tatum, Brown, Luka, Morant. Your second team, Anthony Davis, Giannis, Bam, Trey Young, and Devin Booker. Your third team, Embiid, Michael Porter, OG Ananobi, LaMelo Ball, and current Oklahoma State forward, Cade Cunningham. Uh, My first team, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, AD, Doncic, Morant. My second team, Towns, Tatum, Kawhi, Trey Young, Brad Beal. My third team, Embiid, Zion, Bam Adebayo, 35-year-old James Harden, and 28-year-old Jalen Brown. I think we covered just about everybody. I'm scanning, uh, you know, trying to do a quick scan of basketball reference right now, you know, sorting by all the meaningful stats. And I think we've hit on pretty much everybody who has a legitimate chance at this point. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't really talk much about him, but um, I, I had McCall Bridges listed as like an honorable oh, yeah. mention just, just because I think he's, you know, he's probably going to be an all defense guy at that point. So it just depends how, how much better you can get offensively. But yeah, I think we, I think we did touch on pretty much everyone. I, I will ask one more thing. Is there anyone else in that Siakam category where if we had done this even six months ago or a year ago, you think we would have been talking about, I, I think like for me, Tyler hero is a guy who comes to mind whose stock is for a number of, you know, different reasons. I, I think is much lower now than it was in October. Well, what do you, so I was sort of thinking Tyler hero could be kind of headed down a, like a Zach Levine, but like on a good team type of trajectory mm-hmm. where he's just this one-way player. Um, he could end up being better than Levine at, at incorporating his teammates, but yeah, Tyler Hero is kind of more of like he's going to make a few all-star teams rather than he's going to make an all-NBA team, that type of guy. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know that he'll ever make multiple all-star teams. Like To me, like the hype got a little bit out of control last year. And, and I mean, he played well enough to, to warrant the hype. I'm not saying he didn't, but I, I think people have to kind of take a step back and, and like actually look at what his real ceiling is. You know, I, like he doesn't have super long arms. He's not, not never going to be a great defender. He's not, excuse me. He's not the Clay Thompson, Duncan Robinson, Steph Curry level shooter that I think his reputation implies that he is, you know, he's, he's just more of like a, a very good three point shooter, not like an absolute knockdown. Can't leave him open type of guy. I, I think he's going to be very good, but yeah, I, I would bet on him being much closer to a Levine type than even a Devin Booker, who I think he's been compared to more than anybody. Yeah, I mean, that's all fair. Um, I mean, he isn't, this has been a weird season for him because they're kind of giving him this opportunity to be the point guard when he's not really a point guard and yeah. they're kind of throwing him in the deep end a little bit. Uh, he's, I think he really thrived when he was playing with Jimmy Butler and he hasn't gotten to do that a ton this year, but um, yeah, I mean, you, you might be right. One other guy who fits that category, uh, Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. I, I think the hype, the hype was probably at its absolute highest around, you know, March of last year before the shutdown, he didn't play great in the bubble, but you know, still, still was riding quite a bit of momentum. He's been fine this year, but it hasn't been quite the guy that, that we saw last year. And, I think a lot of people thought, you know, he had made a huge leap from, uh, you know, 2019-20 or 2018-19 to 19-20, uh, and then he would make another leap this year. And it, and it feels like, if anything, he's just kind of stagnated. Yeah, I think he's, it's been very much, he's kind of been the same guy, basically. Yeah, which isn't a bad um, thing, necessarily. No, I, which is, I mean, he's just going to be a guy who's kind of always sort of borderline all-star, uh, but doesn't, doesn't really impact winning enough to make an All-NBA team. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys. I wouldn't be shocked if he's on the third team in four years. I mean, he'll be 27. He's only been in the league for like four and a quarter seasons at this point. And, you know, his, his first couple of years with the Lakers were not ideal from a development standpoint. Uh, I also got to throw RJ Barrett in there. 
just want to get that on the record. There's a chance. I've, I've, if anything, he's picked up steam for me. Yeah. Um, the, the three-point shot, the, the free-throw shooting, still not looking great. There's not a ton of precedent for guys suddenly becoming 85% free-throw shooters. Um, but if anybody could do it, it's R.J. Barrett. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you doing this. Thanks for putting in the research work. Uh, great idea uh, to, to even do this in the first place on your end. Yeah, dude. That was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll talk uh, next week or the week after that. Yeah, sounds good. Enjoy the weekend.